All right. Welcome, everybody, back to the Dreaming and If My Honor podcast. Today, I have a great guest for you, Mr. Derek Pearson, musician, producer, filmmaker, video editor, and one of my very, very best friends. Super excited to have him on the show today. Uh, we had just an excellent conversation and, and a real perfect example of why I wanted to do this show. You know, we got into creativity, I guess, at its most primal and natural level, I guess. You know, we really, we really got uh, deep in this one. So I think you're, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, I started a Patreon. So if you guys want to go check that out, that's patreon.com slash dreaming in F minor. If you're listening to this now, head over to the Facebook page, head over to the Instagram, uh, all dreaming in F minor. And uh, definitely check out simpleequationsmedia.com. Uh, we are a full service audio and video production company. Make anything from records, we make music, uh, we make films, TV commercials, whatever you need, corporate videos, photo shoots, whatever it is, we got you covered. So make sure to go check that out. Um, simpleequationsmedia.com, um, Facebook, simpleequationsmedia on Instagram, or on Twitter as well. Go check it all out. Um, but without further ado, let's get straight into the episode with Mr. Derek Pearson. All right. Welcome, everybody, into the interview portion today. Uh, with me, I have one of my very, very best friends, Mr. Derek Pearson, musician, producer, filmmaker, video editor, uh, and probably something else. I mean, you do everything, right? I've been called a lot of things, man. We shouldn't yeah. say all of them, though. Uh, yeah, for sure. We'll keep. We'll, we'll just keep the, the the good ones. Totally. <laughs> so. No, man. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Good. Good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, so, full disclosure: this is kind of a kind of a redo episode here, a little bit. Um, you were actually slated to be episode one, um, but kind of. I just Switched. bombed the interview, man. I just ruined it. You did it. terribly. You did terribly. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this guy. Man, get him out of here. Yeah, get him out of here. Come back one. when you're ready. No, <laughs> that's hysterical. No, but uh, no, I um, I kind of decided to to move the podcast into a, a slight, not a different vein. It's basically the same show, but um, I just felt I just felt I was being a little rigid and a little bit too like uh. So, what's your name? What you do? You know, type of thing. And I just sure, don't really sure. want that for this. I just want it to be like literally just when at all possible, just like friends chilling, talking, and yeah, we just talk. We just talk about you know, cool shit. So, um, so yeah, this is uh, this is a bit of a redo. And also, you know, you got real busy, um, and so we kind of had to push the schedule back a little bit. You got mm -hmm. had some editing work come in, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, so this kind of dates it, but um, this kind of dates the recording, but you guys down there, well, I guess um, Derek here is in New Zealand, Wanaka, New Zealand, right? Yep. Wanaka, yeah. And um, New Zealand went back into a level four lockdown. Yep. Yeah, we're level three now, but Auckland's level still three in level four. And uh, I think we're potentially going to go down to level two in the next couple days, so... They okay. just had a Delta arrived in New Zealand, and so there was quite a yeah. a bit of a stir and panic to get it locked down because we're um, yeah. we're a little bit behind on getting 
everybody vaccinated and it was just the mm-hmm. rollout was just a little slower on that front. I think yeah. some of that could be the fact that most people down here didn't have COVID. So I feel like the vaccine mm-hmm. just wasn't, was getting sent to elsewhere where it was maybe more mm-hmm. of a priority, but, but well, yeah. Cause I mean, even when it, when COVID first came around, you guys shut, you guys were, were one of the first countries to shut down. Yeah. And then obviously absolutely. with this time, you guys had like one case, right? And you're like cutting it off. Yeah, it ballooned quick though. We're already up at I thought last count was around like seven or eight hundred. So Oh really? Delta's a different beast, man. Yeah, they were smart oh. to move as quickly as they did. But yeah. um yeah, Delta is apparently a wow. lot more uh contagious. Much more con- yeah, much more contagious. Yeah. Um yeah, it's amazing. Like I, I see so many more people now. Um, the, I feel like people aren't getting as sick. I don't really know. I'm, I'm not following it that closely. Um, yeah, I probably, I probably, I think all of us have fatigue at this point. It's just like, we've heard it for so long. Yeah. Our uh, minds start drifting to other topics, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I will, I will say that I, I guess I am seeing more people that are sick, more people who have caught in it. Oh, are you? You know what I mean? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing. I'm. I, I feel like I'm seeing more people. Or I know more people that are getting it, or I'm seeing more mm. people that are getting it. But it just doesn't seem to be as severe. So like now, it's like when somebody gets it, it's like so and so got COVID. Like you know, like get well soon. Best wishes. You know, take it easy. Right, right. Um, and you know where where as before, um, it was kind of like, oh my god, this person got COVID. Like it was we like so, more unknowns. It, yeah. It, yeah, we were so in the dark, like we had no idea because, you know, you know, we all know it affects people so much differently, you know, person to person. And so, you know, when somebody, you know, like somebody really old or somebody really unhealthy gets it, it's like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, it's it's a ter- terrible, you know, it can be I, really I, bad. Yeah, it can be terrible. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I, I feel like we're, we, we're getting, um, uh, we just, we're so much more knowledgeable now and we can, and, and so, you know, if, if somebody gets it, you know, if they're relatively healthy, I'm like, that really sucks, but like, they're going to be okay. You know what I mean? I feel like, um, yeah, that's at least the hope, right? That's the hope. Yeah. It's obviously always different from, from case to case, but, um, so I feel like maybe collectively we're, we're trying to either integrate it into our lives for better or for worse, I guess. Um, but we're maybe integrating it into our lives a little bit so we can hopefully, you know, start living a life again. And I think just the, maybe mentally just having the vaccines available and stuff, you know, um, totally. you know, maybe a mentally, um, can help people kind of like, okay, we're going to get through this type of thing. So hopefully we can keep moving, and keep no, I'm moving with you. forward. You know what I'm I mean? with you. That's definitely the hope. Yeah. Kristen and I have been talking about like, uh, what some of the the culture shocks could be from here to going back to the states whenever we get back that way because that's still kind of a yeah. big unknown as well mm-hmm. but um it's just going to be pretty different you know like we yeah. moved here before any of this mm-hmm. without any prior knowledge of what was coming and then we've kind of been in this weird bubble down here in the at the bottom yeah. of the world while yeah. like all of our closest friends and family have gone through this really tumultuous kind of chapter in, in yeah. human history, you know? Yeah, We've yeah, been totally. like kind of living it vicariously through through all of our loved ones, and that, that almost makes it just harder to see it and not mm. be there to support, so. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird one, man. I, I'm with you. I hope we 
transcend and move on to the to the mm-hmm. next chapter because it's yeah. been man it's just taken a lot of the wind out of the sails for quite it a has. while now yeah yeah um but you know like concerts and stuff are coming back around like my wife and i were able to go to uh see uh gogo bordello i don't know if you know who they are really great they call no. themselves gypsy punk they're they're awesome they're like most mostly all of them for are from like ukraine but they're like a New York band. Um, and they're like basically like Ukrainian or like gypsy music, but like placed in like a punk rocks type of attitude. So like they have like, nice. they have like kind of the aggressive, like upbeat kind of punk thing, but it's all like, you know, a lot of like gypsy instrumentation and stuff, you know? And, and oh, that's cool. They're amazing. They're they're I highly recommend checking them out. But um, yeah, we went and saw them at the will turn in, in LA, which I don't know, I don't know if you've ever been there, but um, it's a no, beautiful theater, you know what I mean? And um, and they had this awesome band, New Folk Rebel Alliance, that was opening up for them. And like, I don't know, like it hit me so hard, dude, you know what I mean? Like, I was in there and I was like, we were right up at the front, and um, and let, let me also paraphrase this, but we're you know, qualify this by saying we did have to have like a negative COVID test to go in there. So they are doing all sure, that stuff. Sure. You know what I mean? Which yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. You know, which is, which is cool. A lot of places are saying vaccine and only vaccine. You know, um, we, we haven't gotten the vaccine, my wife and I, but we, you know, we, um, uh, we had a negative COVID test and everything, you know, before we went in. So, um, nice. so, so yeah, that's cool. But, um, I don't know. It's just this beautiful, beautiful old theater, and just this amazing architecture and beautiful like woodworking and everything you know and i don't know dude it hit me hard man just to be like with people like that again yeah you know like sharing you know like sharing that like crazy moment with everybody just picking up on everybody's energy everybody united like in one feeling and just like extreme exchange of energy between like the you know the people on stage and in the the audience and it was just like that's a beautiful thing man i broke down dude like i literally did like i shed i tried to hold it back but i couldn't dude (laughs) like it was so amazing no i totally get that man i feel like that connection is what's lacking yeah what has been absent for so long and I mean, I think you and I connect on the music front yeah, uh, on a deep level, but even just the energy of being in the same room with a group of people, mm-hmm. all hearing the same sounds, all, you know, nodding, feeling the same, the same feeling. music yeah. and just, I think that's a beautiful thing, man. I totally yeah. get why that would, yeah, that would impact you. And honestly, I, I have a feeling it will be similar to me because we haven't, I mean, the live music scene down here is pretty, not much uh pretty small yeah there's not a lot going on Mm -hmm. and um yeah i I look forward to the the next show i get to see down the road yeah man um yeah it's uh it's a when did you get to see that so this was yeah like i said this kind of dates it but this was um last uh thursday so it was the third i think september third so it's last thursday Mm. i think is what it was um so just 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 the other day really um like almost a week ago and uh yes we drove we drove to la from vegas that's um spent a few days there got some spent some good time at the beach you know outside and stuff and so that was that was great and um yeah it was cool so but that's beautiful man yeah i uh i'm envious i I look forward to the next time yeah i get to do something like that i was talking to my buddy winston who you know we played yeah played on a a track together Mm mm-hmm and he was just doing a, 
kind of a live ambient thing at uh, like an art festival in Nashville. And he sent me some tracks from that recently and it was, it sounded really cool. Nice. I think some of that, that's Winston Harrison, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, His, his ambient thing's called Fuzzmuzz. Fuzzmuzz. Yeah. That's right. Fuzzmuzz. And then I think Vane Melter is kind of a vocal thing that he does as well, which is, they're both awesome projects and yeah, I, I'm a hu- huge fan and uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. But yeah, he was uh, he was kind of reflecting on that show, saying that he had been getting back into ambient because of that. And I think all of us are kind of probably not quite realizing how much that absence of music. Like I've, I've been scratching the itch recently just by composing music that I'll upload to YouTube. Yeah. And uh, that keeps it consistent for me where I can, I find that I don't have to be, it doesn't have to be like a masterpiece. It just has to be consistent. Mm. And then the masterpieces just kind of come out of being consistently in the art and yeah. in the music. But yeah, anyway, that was cool to talk to him and hear some of the stuff he was working on. And yeah. I just yeah, that's great. I resonate with what you're talking about, man, because it's it is a uh, it's probably the activity, the group activity, that centers me the most and that I miss yeah. the most. And yeah, there's uh, something that I I hope to step back into, as far as performing live, but also just getting to hear other people perform live and. Yeah, it certainly will happen, and I think that's been something that's been hard to to kind of remember in the darkest of times, you know, during this whole thing. And yeah, but it, it but it is going to come back, you know. Like we're seeing, you know, you guys in New Zealand obviously are shut down right now, but it's going to open back up again. You guys have been on top of your shit. It's definitely going to open up again, and and you know, when you come back to the states, it's like hopefully by that time, you know what I mean. Life will be. Um, some uh, somewhat normal again, and uh, it's never going to be totally or normal. At again. least what the new normal is, yeah, yeah. It's never going to be totally normal again. Like I don't think that life is ever going to go back to the way it was. Like we've crossed something, you know. Yeah, but I don't think it's necess- It might not be a bad thing. You know what I mean? Maybe people start, you know, um, being a little bit more healthy and sanitary and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we could get some really good things out of this, and maybe we can appreciate spending time with people, you know what I mean? And being able to just yeah. give somebody a hug or a handshake and not have a second thought of like, you know, maybe just, I'm with you, you know, um, have that human. I think the work again. life balance too could be a pretty big change and a pretty big benefit from, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's healthy to always work from home, but yeah. I think it has been beneficial for a lot of folks to be able to step into fill in their roles from, like kind of a remote place and be able to kind of work from the comfort of their home some of the yeah. time. Spend and some time I, with the family. I have a feeling, totally, man. I have a feeling yeah. that's probably not going to go back to 100% the way it was prior. Yeah. And I think some workplaces could probably appreciate that because they're probably saving money on rent for an office space and things like that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah man, absolutely. I, I look forward to... Whatever that future looks like and whatever that future arrives. Yeah, it'll happen, so. man. Yeah, it'll happen for sure. Well, cool. Let's um let's get to the uh let's get to the main the main thing we're talking about today. Um sure. in just a few short days from when this airs, uh November twenty fourth, you sir are releasing a new album. 
into the world. And we, we actually j- yeah. just bumped it up. We um oh, okay. We I think we decided I was talking to David from Mystery Circles and we just switched it to the twenty first. So I think it's that Tuesday. Oh shit, so tomorrow Instead. is what it'll be. Yeah, be I guess so. I'll be releasing this on the twentieth. So we're recording this oh, in nice. September. But uh, I'll release it on the twentieth. So so tomorrow it'll be available. Yep. Exciting that's, stuff. Man. Yeah, that's exciting, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. super stoked. It's been a, a long time coming and it's funny because a lot of what this record kind of sprung out of was creating routines and new norms in the midst of kind of a tumultuous period of time. Because a lot of this was, mm-hmm. it's an entirely ambient uh, album and it it's just kind of cropped up out of the noise and the chaos that was kind of surrounding all of us. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to carve out a little bit of peace. And that doesn't mean there's not some like some angst or some darkness throughout the record, because I think some of that just inevitably kind of seeps into what we create as artists. Mm-hmm. But I think in large part what I was trying to do is capture some kind of peace or just a little bit of calm that I was really lacking in, in the rest of life. So yeah. yeah man i'm super excited for it to come out it'll be uh it's on mystery circles yeah. and uh it'll be a limited edition cassette and then he uh we also have like obviously digital distro and all that so it's available on all those various platforms nice yeah yeah so that's uh that's um silence and the unwinking minds the album is inversion layer um, the second album of the Silence uh, catalog, the first one um, was called Ephemeral, and you had a couple EPs before, or just, I guess, like one EP that was like two parts, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just a, a two-track EP before okay. that. That was like 2018, and it's just kind of been evolving as as I've been evolving, and uh, I think the, uh, the Eurorack and Modular thing has been present from the beginning, but mm-hmm. it started kind of coming in pretty strong by by this record it's it's nothing but <laughs> it's all yeah. modular yeah so and so that's great let's let's kind of get into that a little bit because i find modular so interesting and you've you've definitely um adopted it you were definitely the guy that like really opened my eyes to to modular you know like i had known about it and everything but i think you were the first person that had like a whole rack and was like creating full pieces of work you know with this that that i knew personally um and so i I guess you know when it comes to the modular thing like you could you have you have a long history of playing drums right yeah mostly and um and so like you kind of come from like a traditional uh a traditional music creation uh world and i guess what made you step into the the modular space and like i guess how is it really different from creating music traditionally you know because I, I feel like the process that the, the, the state of mind uh everything about it is just completely different it's a different world and um for those who don't understand you know maybe you can kind of shed a little bit of light just kind of the differences between the two. yeah yeah man yeah. it's um it's a really it's a beautiful way to create music it's um I started with uh, Moog put out a semi-modular uh, synth called uh, 
uh, Moog Mother 32. Yeah. And that was, you could play it just kind of on its own without patching it, but then it had a, uh, a side kind of patchable section where you could kind of bring in different aspects and change different aspects of the, uh, the tone of the synth. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was a really cool kind of doorway into the, uh, the modular thing. And I think before that I had also had the, the Korg MS 20, semi-modular yeah 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 and that that definitely had some similarities with the patching yeah but that yeah it just kind of it scratched an itch because i think i was getting i was growing tired of a lot of the the kind of canned midi sounds that you end up falling into when you're working in ableton and anything like that and it's just Mm -hmm. it feels very static yeah and i just wanted something that felt a little bit it had some some variety and variance to it that you could kind of appreciate the mm-hmm. subtleties of it. And that, yeah, it just really, from that point on, I just started expanding on that semi-modular system. And it just kind of opened up a whole nother world. Basically, if I had to describe it, you're breaking apart kind of a traditional keyboard where if if you buy like a, a typical factory keyboard from a fa- from you know some manufacturer mm-hmm. they will have made decisions about how they want their synths to sound mm-hmm. prior to you purchasing it specific and oscillators specific filters that type of thing exactly exactly yeah. and usually it's they make great decisions and the uh the reason we want to buy those synths is because of those great decisions and mm-hmm. So you kind of just get what you get and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Mm. The, the modular kind of breaks down that wall so that you're, you're getting different components that do all those different tasks and you can patch them backwards, forwards, upside down, mm. any way you want. And it really allows you to sculpt the sound of your synth into anything you want. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times it's it can just be like a really beautiful journey of discovery where you won't realize how you got there, but you'll like what you where you've arrived and you'll make something beautiful with it. Yeah. So that's kind of been that's been my route with it. So I my rack I basically have a an Intelligel eighty four HP seven U rack and basically I have like three voices um a few from mutable instruments then i got like the intelligel plunk and those those are kind of the main synth voices and then you have some kind of a granular module that's from make noise that's like the morphogene yeah and anyway they you basically piece these voices together you go from your sequencer to your voices and then from your voices into like a VCA to kind of control mm-hmm. like how you open up the envelopes, how you close the envelopes mm-hmm. and then you go on to filters and, and okay. effects and things like that. So yeah, hopefully that's not just doesn't completely go everybody's head, but it's no, kind I mean, of a, it makes a rough sense. outline. No, it makes sense. And I think a lot of people listening, you know, definitely may understand the basics of a, uh, of a synth, um, but if not, that's basically how it works. I mean, you have like something to control an oscillator, which creates a tone, right? 
And, yeah. and, and that's sent out to, I mean, you know, there's so many different places you can go from just that. Right. I mean, if you really wanted totally. to, but I mean, in a typical type of thing, it would go from that to like, uh, what, like an envelope and a filter then to an envelope to create how fast, how long and how quickly totally. the, the, the tone ends. And then it'll go to a filter so you can select your frequencies or whatever, and then out to an amp. And, and so that's, you know, I guess so for those, I mean, that might be a really kind of stupid, terrible way of explaining how a synth works. <laughs> no, it's but, just like, yeah, a, a rough outline of kind of where yeah. where you're headed. And the, the different ways you put those steps in order can really affect how your sound comes out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's really fun to send an oscillator straight into... A filter before it even gets to the VCA, right? And you could just kind of dirty up your signal and create interesting textures if you, you know, just mess up the the order of things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what's so beautiful about modular, man. That's why it's like it, it feels like pure creativity and exploration because literally, mm -hmm. it is you you have the world at your fingertips because you literally can place anything wherever however you want to and absolutely you know so the thing I, guess, I keep running yeah. into is i i'm using all my damn cables and i need to buy more cables <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so i i keep my patches keep ending at me without i don't have any more cables so that's the end of that patch yeah you know? and <laughs> it's it. uh not the not the end of the world but yeah it's uh it's kind of a fun place to arrive to where you're yeah. like okay I've, I've maxed this out at least for everything i have right now <laughs> That's the track. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I, I guess, you know, with, with uh, Inversion Layer being in a completely modular um, album. So basically, um, I, I'm assuming kind of what happened is you, you you got to that patch. You ran out of cables. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then you just started twisting knobs. And what comes out at the other end is the track, right? Totally. And a, a lot of the, the beauty of uh, Modular 2 is when you stop twisting knobs and you start assigning LFOs to kind yeah. of interact with those parameters. Cause it, usually when you, you know, you sweep a, you sweep a knob and you get like this cool effect sweep or you get like a filter sweep, you can kind of uh, assign that job to an LFO, which is a, a low frequency oscillator. Mm -hmm. And that low frequency oscillator isn't, it's not putting out sound so much as controlling the parameters of whatever you assign it to. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where a patch gets really interesting. At a specific in experience. at a specific frequency, right? So like in time, time wise, correct? Totally, right? totally. Because yeah. you could sync an LFO to the sequencer or something like that, and it can it just becomes this kind of undulating life form of sorts. Yeah, where you you might have realized by tweaking that knob at first that you wanted something to play with that parameter but assigning it can kind of allow it to sweep the um that effect um without you even being involved mm -hmm. so it is a lot about it's it feels like uh composing in that regard because you'll kind of you'll form it and then you'll allow it to kind of grow and shift on its own right and th that's the fun of it yeah. and for the record just it's not completely only modular because i have a sampler and a tape machine so like i played with oh, okay. a good bit of yeah. uh like tape loops and uh 
on this uh, record in particular, I was using the SP three hundred three, yeah, a lot, and that's so. There's a good bit of like sample based aspects to it as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it's uh, I I'm in love with the journey. It's a it's a beautiful way to yeah. create music and to tie back into my my history and background with being in a band and as a drummer. I would say the modular journey is kind of like. I've heard it described as having an orchestra in a case, hmm, yeah. but I kind of feel like I have a I have a band in a case. Like I, I have certain uh, oscillators or modules that I use for certain things, mm-hmm. and I basically have you know three or four voices within this box, and I can assign those different voices to do different things. Like you would have a guitarist play this, you'd have the drummer and bass player play this and this, mm-hmm. and that, that's kind of how. I like to approach when I when I do a patch. Yeah, is it kind of feels like I'm assigning parts in a in a band or like something a ra- like arranging that. kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's great, man. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, it, what came out was just you know I, I say with complete honesty, it's some of the best ambient that I've ever heard. You know what I mean? Like, I really appreciate that, man. It's it's really up there with you know like with with the greats. You know what I mean? It really is, and um, that means a lot. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's just it's just I think you know you can hear uh maybe the intention or just the you can hear the inspiration. You know, you can hear what went into it, and I think that that's a major thing that really resonates when you know when when some when you hear a record that you can hear i guess what went into it you know what i mean like that might be kind of a weird thing um but like no i know what you mean you you can like you can feel it you know what i mean so like um and, and that definitely came through with this and um i really appreciate that yeah it's great man it's great so um but yeah let's 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 back up a little bit um Going back to your early years of music, um, how, like how'd you get into it? And and um, you know there was obviously a couple a couple projects throughout your earlier life um, of note. Uh, I guess Umbrella Tree, Porcelain Teeth, right? Yep. Um, two ba- two different bands, Umbrella Tree and Porcelain Teeth. And um, so I guess kind of take us back a little bit to like the beginning of you playing music um, and kind of how you got into these projects and stuff. I think uh, originally it was just kind of your your typical like high school band, and um, I was yeah I was a drummer in I think a few different bands in high school, which you know none of those linger around for very long. You might right. do a few shows, and it is kind of what it is. But mm-hmm. they were they were a lot of fun, and they um, they definitely kept me coming back to to the drum kit. And I think what I ultimately landed in in my early 20s was that band Umbrella Tree, which was just a, a fantastic period of time in my life. It was, uh, yeah, we, we did a lot of, what did we do, like four records? And um, played a lot of shows. We were all like active in Nashville and mm-hmm. kind of the southeast. And um, yeah, man, it was it was just a beautiful season. And I think that was when I started expanding during that period of time i started expanding past just playing drums into songwriting and playing keys and different things like that so right and i met um one of my bandmates in umbrella tree uh, jill her husband ryan yeah uh, he and i 
he actually joined Umbrella Tree at the end, mm-hmm. and he and I had a, uh, a a project together called Porcelain Teeth. Yeah, shout out Ryan he, Lefave, love that guy. Yeah, Good man, dude. he's the yeah. best. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, we uh, we put out an EP and a record together, and that was that was a lot of fun. Um, the first the EP was largely just kind of instrumental electronic. And that was when I think at that point I was probably largely working with uh, Logic, and I don't think I had even gotten into okay. um, Ableton yet. But then the next record, the f- first full length that we did with that project, I started getting into Ableton, and mm-hmm. that I mean, that definitely opened some things up. It's it's funny when you look back because you can't necessarily articulate what influenced what. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know that I could have gotten into everything in Eurorack and Modular without some of my previous understanding of Ableton and how some mm. of that works. Yeah. And I think you could probably just keep stepping back throughout one's history to kind of draw a line from, well, well, that's why I did that, or that's why that drew me there. Mm-hmm. And you could just kind of sketch out this timeline if you if you look back far enough but yeah yeah for yeah, you it definitely it definitely seems like a a, def, a progress you can see the progress even just within the music you know umbrella tree being i guess what you would call like an indie rock band yeah totally um into going into into porcelain teeth which was yeah like um down tempo electronica i guess yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah uh, it definitely had that i think uh I mean, it's still chill, chill kind of electronic. but like uh, kind of that boards of Canada vibe, right? At least for the first EP, the um, the first full length definitely had like we had a lot of guest vocalists and different things like that. So mm-hmm. we, were, we were pulling from a lot of different places on that. But. Right. Yeah, and then kind of um, evolving into Silence and the Unwinking Minds, where it's purely electronic music. Yeah, you know, and um, I think it's kind of where my head's always been at, man. Like if yeah. I had to draw a line back to to my youth like i i kind of grew up around like the rave scene in nashville and Mm. things like that and a lot of that just it was really inspiring i mean i wouldn't say nashville was like a really big it didn't have a big rave scene Mm -hmm. they had a they were more into kind of like the drum and bass and uh, different things like that but it it just left an impact it just inspired me and a lot of that stuff that came out during that era got me interested in creating music in that way so Mm -hmm. we've been a big hip-hop fan as well right yes absolutely yeah i don't know that i found many genres that i could just out and out say it's all shit i usually i'll say it and then i'll i'll come across something while i'm like digging through like dollar bin vinyl mm-hmm. and i'll listen to it and be like oh well, i actually kind of like You'll that. find something <laughs> it's yeah. like i just found my polka jam yeah, I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't really <laughs> but i i would say that maybe opera and polka could potentially be genres i i have just most difficult with until, until you find that one you until you I mean? find that one man <laughs> but yeah yeah i'm a big hip-hop fan um yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. all of that plays into it. I definitely feel myself when I program beats, they tend to feel kind of hip hop-y. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'd say def- it's uh, it definitely on the on the first album too and definitely in the um Porcelain Teeth, you know, yeah, library totally. for sure. Um that, that those those more like hip hop 
uh, driven beats are definitely present. Which yeah, is I'm with you. You know, it kind of gives it a, a a bit more of a uh, like a solid, movable backbeat. You know what I mean? That a lot of electronic music doesn't have, and if it does, it's basically just like four on the floor. You know what I mean? Right, like four right. On the floor drums, and it's like, well, that's cool and everything. That's really great, but um, you know, like to step out of it and like put a little bit more groove in in into it, but still have like the electronic complete. Like, I'm with you, you man. Know, vibe. It just creates something really nice. Yeah, it tends to be yeah when I'm tapping out a beat on a table or just absent-mindedly drumming on something. That tends to be where I gravitate towards. You got a little bit of groove in it. Yeah, yeah, nice. Well, cool. Yeah, let's uh, let's transition a little bit. Um, I know nowadays, like most of most of like the 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 video work that you do is primarily, um, I guess, to put food on the table. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Uh, as far as like totally. editing goes, because you're a fantastic editor, um, and Thanks, man. that's that's how we came into contact. Actually, was editing at Rated Red. Uh, yeah, <laughs> get old Rated Red. Um, check out that dinosaur, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> or don't, <laughs> or don't, don't. Or you do can it. just leave that dinosaur. <laughs> don't touch those bones. Let it die. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so. Um, you know, you you've you've created some great films as well, um, and you know, and I've been lucky enough to to work on work on a film with you. Um, same totally. with these other music, you know, other music projects. I guess we haven't stated that I've worked on you with um, with you on both the Silence albums now, mixing the first one, mastering totally, the last one, um, which has been fun. But also, you know, we've worked on we worked on the film Blink, which was a which was a film of yours. Um, Absolutely, man, that was a pleasure to do. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really amazing. Um, it's still to this day, I think you know, definitely, you know, top if not my favorite project I've ever worked on, just because it was so uh, creatively satisfying. You know what I mean? It was, man. It really was. Like yeah. all around. Like I feel, I feel like uh, I can remember coming over to your studio in, I don't know when that was. Was that 2017? Yes, I think so. Twenty seventeen. Uh, I had Clara with me. Maybe? She was. Yeah, we went back to the, this. Uh, County like Q. Surround. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. County Q. Yeah, in surround Nashville. room, yeah, and Q we Nashville. were listening back to the mix, and it was. I mean, it was awesome. I was yeah. just thinking yeah. about that the other day because the only thing you could listen to it in now is stereo, but I was thinking about sitting in that in that studio listening to your mix i was like man this is uh, incredible because you had mixed it in uh surround mm -hmm. and it was just it sounded gorgeous like there were little drops of water coming Off back in the, the sides back in the back, yeah. and, oh it was dope man <laughs> yeah. it was so cool yeah i love mixing in surround man it's 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 like a it's like a totally different experience you know what i mean like mixing a lot of video is is obviously super fun especially when you're working on a film or something and doing foley and shit like yeah, that yeah yeah um but I think mixing in like a large format like that, you know, like 5.1 or a bump or whatever. And, uh, and they're doing Atmos now where there's like, you know, things in the ceiling and whatnot. Um, oh, that's wild. Yeah. I've had the, I've had one opportunity to mess around with that at, um, this studio here in Vegas, David Rodriguez's studio, 19 audio. Uh, but, and that's just, it's just, it's mind blowing, dude. You know what I mean? It's yeah. What do you even put in the ceiling? Like what? from like a mix flyovers you know what i mean oh, maybe yeah. like oh, you yeah. know um maybe i don't know birds you know what i mean um wind that's cool trees 
you know, things like that. Like if, if you ever, like if you have like, I don't know, like a spaceship fly over top of you or something like that, it goes and like literally comes right over top of you, you know, that's pretty insane. So yeah, it's practically like deep immersion at that point. mm -hmm. Sonically. Yeah. And it's like a totally different, it's a totally different, um, um, processing engine too for it. So like with Atmos, you know, if you have like a, like 5.1, like we did with blink, you know, you have, you know, you have your five speakers, center left right and this the the left and right in the back and the subwoofer nice right? so yeah, you, have, yeah, yeah. you have those points where everything comes from basically with atmos you know you have at minimum 7.1 so you have speakers on the side as well and then wow, okay then at least four in the ceiling oh, so that's it's like, incredible yeah so it's like um 7.1.4 at minimum is what they call it that's but, super cool yeah but so basically how this works is it has like an it has like a I can't remember what they call it. It's basically like an engine. It's a separate computer that processes everything and, and places everything anywhere in space in between the speakers, even if you wanted to. So you have hundreds of spots where you can place everything in space around you. That's so like wild. It converts, it converts like an audio file that you'd see like in your DAW or something, makes that an object, and you can place that object anywhere in space around you in a three-dimensional space. That's really it's cool. mind-blowing, dude. So I want to I want to do some music in that format and um, oh that would be really interesting yeah that'd be really interesting yeah that's definitely a huge goal that I want to do before too long is is mix some music in that but it's it's hard because like you have to have an Atmos system in order to enjoy it like that so it's still totally. very kind of like a small niche thing you know well it's almost like you would do that for like a live show or something yeah because. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the the worst thing ever, like music's supposed to be such a, a uniting kind of, it brings people together. Mm -hmm. And so you would, like the last thing you'd want is some medium to like almost be like off-putting or yeah, like only available to certain folks in like a, a certain class that could afford such mm -hmm. hardware. Yeah. And, but I think in, in, a, in a show setting, it could be really, that would be something... Oh, to yeah. like really put some thought into that that could be incredible man. In a real interactive experience yeah absolutely I mean, there's definitely shows that are going on especially in the electronic world actually like um uh in like the edm world you know um, yeah, yeah yeah like i know that uh you know who dead mouse is yeah that yeah. guy yeah he's he's a super talented guy a lot of his stuff is, is very very mainstream and, and whatnot and it's you know i like a lot of his older stuff quite a bit actually but um don't tell anybody but no, uh, <laughs> he's a talented dude. Man. No, he really is. Uh, but that's his. He has his studio, and it's an Atmos studio. So he literally creates in Atmos. Like he creates that's his music wild. in Atmos, and then he'll he'll do shows that are in Atmos. And there's uh, yeah, there's there's a handful of um, there's a handful of electronic artists right now that are doing thing everything in Atmos, and they're doing the shows in Atmos. So they're literally that's pretty cool recreating that entire environment in a live space and placing everything around you like it's it's insane you know that's I mean? awesome man yeah. yeah that would be quite a thing to to see and hear and yeah. yeah man that'd be worth making it out for yeah it's it's definitely a big it's a it's a big um it's a big big uh goal of mine to be working on something like that hopefully sooner than later i want I, nice. I i feel like um with your with your newest your newest album it's it'd be kind of hard to because everything was stereo and mono at some time. Totally. Mono at some totally. 
So that'd be kind of hard to do that. I guess you could spread it out amongst the speakers, and that would be well, super, this, super this cool. This last right? year, since um, since the stuff that was on Inversion Layer, I've been stemming everything out. Because mm. I felt like when you and I entered into doing the mastering, I, I could feel some of that where it was, it was a cool practice because basically you patch it, you record it, that's it. Yeah. You, tra- yeah. you track it, you're done. Mm-hmm. But it did feel like towards the end, I was wanting a little bit more control. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to necessarily go full, full on back into like Ableton land, mm-hmm. but um, nothing against that. I have a lot of love for it, but um, I've been stemming out each patch that I make now. So cool. I can have each individual element and hopefully do some EQing and maybe what you're talking about with some panning and mm-hmm. kind of dr- directional stuff in post. Yeah. Cause I feel like it would just bring it, bring it to the next level in a, in yeah. a good way. So absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think I, I talked to you about it a little while back hadn't got around to doing it all but your first the first silence album um i wanted to put into at least uh surround oh nice because i i I, yeah i still have all i still have those sessions and everything still just need to open them back up i want to open them back up and put them in like maybe for like a special edition or something like that you know like put them in like a multi you know multi-speaker format of some kind that would be cool because there's there's so many moving parts in it you know what i mean there's so there many is there's parts. so many per, percuss, percussive layers to it that i feel like yeah. that could be really interesting for bouncing that around like if you have a hi-hat coming out of like yeah the left or right and i think yeah. that could be really unique yeah yeah so that's that's definitely something um i want to do hopefully sooner than later so nice man yeah yeah so you when you're mixing that you literally have to be in the environment for it it's not like i mean you can't I mean, fake that with a good pair of headphones or anything right they have emulations that you can use with your headphones um, gotcha i don't know how they work i've never used them uh, a lot of people a lot of people make a lot of stuff on them they even make like surround headphones i don't know how they do it but right. like, you know you can get like 7.1 headphones and stuff like that I can't, that's it, wild and yeah and then you just got to use something like you know in the box that basically replicates you being in that in a space you know what i mean i gotcha yeah i gotcha and then um and then digitally it does all the work for you so that's cool i i don't know how much i trust it i but i guess i haven't used them you know what i mean i haven't used those types of emulations so like sure um so but, when you mix like that, you typically mix in a room in that's the in an actual for, yeah exactly in an yeah. actual I, that seems like the best move anyway. It seems like the the most yeah. authentic kind of this is what you're gonna get. Yeah, it's it's more yeah, and it's and it, I think in the long run it'll just come out sounding more natural. Nice, you know. Well, I definitely felt that way with Blink and it, man. Yeah. It was a it was such a pleasure. You and I got to go. I guess it was at the Nashville Film Festival, mm-hmm. and you. I'm pretty sure you and I were together for the first viewing. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was super fun. Yeah, it was and amazing, it was, man. Got to meet some of your family and all that. That was cool. They came out. and Totally, man. Yeah, it was a good day. It was, it was a really good day. Yeah. And it was cool, too, to see some of the other films in, because I, I think we were part of like a shorts, like experimental shorts mm-hmm. um, section of the festival, and Mm-hmm. Man, some of the other films that were shown that day were super cool. Oh, I know, man. I was honored was... to be among those filmmakers. So. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. So, have you have you been thinking at all on the on the the film uh, 
playing much lately or are you pretty much just 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 music all the way it's been music largely just because that's something i can do now and kind of i can see results from now mm-hmm. but i do have a long-term uh film project uh a script that i've been writing for oh cool a couple years now and it's it was originally just going to be a short and it just kind of i remember sitting down with a buddy of mine and I explained the concept to him and he was like a short he's he's like there's no way man so (laughs) I immediately just kind of shifted my mindset I was like he's right I'm I'm writing a feature and I didn't set out to do that but I think if nothing else it'll be a good exercise to achieve having written a full feature script yeah and I'm about right now I'm about 75 pages in cool and the the uh the muse for that kind of comes and goes so i'll pick it up and then put it down and but the benefit of having those gaps is like when i do pick it back up i uh i tend to get inspired by what i've had previously done and Mm -hmm. it kind of the life that i've lived in between having written on it kind of feeds back into the script and kind of keeps it fresh so yeah, man. Nice. I, I don't know if I'll... Yeah, I don't know what I'll do with it. Right now, it's almost just like a creative exercise. Mm-hmm. So. Nice, yeah. And and that's it's a really cool thing you bring up there, too. Because I feel like... And, and it's definitely something that... I'm trying to express with this with this podcast is... Um, it's kind of that intersection between different art forms. And, yeah. And, and, and like finding out what is the muse you know what i mean like what is that you know like where does that come from and how does it kind of like intersect like how does the music you know intersect with the filmmaking outside of the obvious score soundtrack but sure but like where it comes from you know it all comes from the same place it comes from the same place with that somebody you know is is living in where when they paint something or, or write something you know yeah or, or wherever it is it all comes from the same place so i guess like what is that for you because you have a, a very um specific voice you know like all what, whatever you produce has a sp- certain feeling to it and i sh- can only assume that that's just because of that's the space you're coming from and yeah. so kind of what is that to you i guess you know yeah that's a hard that's a that's a good question. That's a hard one to put my finger on. Yeah, it's really kind think, of not very tangible. You know what I mean? It's it's a very no kind of no it's thing or whatever. It, it is kind of a uh, it's ephemeral. It's ephemeral, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, we uh, yeah, man. I I feel like some of that stuff's just in our nature, and we don't. We might not see it the way that other folks see it. Um, like you could probably articulate that's something that I made better than I could just Mm. because I I think some of that is just, it's almost like when you hear your, your own voice in your own head. Yeah. It's, there's just something kind of hard to pinpoint about it, but Mm. I do think the intersection for me with music and film, when film's done well, I think it is the culmination of all the art forms in one medium totally agree and it's it's a beautiful beautiful thing to see when when it all comes together and you know the score plays a big part of that you Mm -hmm. know 
when, especially when it's tastefully done and it's not like jumping story cues and trying to, you know, mm-hmm. encourage an emotional response before it's actually uh, arrived within a story arc. But the, right. I think the, um, for me, the uh, film scores have played a huge inspiration for me and yeah but that that said i feel like visually i can i can say that there there have been things that i've shot or filmed or even just photography that i've produced that have inspired something sonically as well like even what you were just talking about with what did you call it atmos yeah dolby atmos yeah yeah so you're talking about using a 3d model to place sound like we're we're using our eyes to then map something sonically yeah and i think that's really interesting like i i remember working with uh the producer on a buddy of mine uh jason morant who produced uh the the porcelain teeth uh full length Mm. and he had moved his monitor in his studio off to the side and had uh his sorry his screen his monitor computer monitor screen off to the side Mm -hmm. and he had only his audio monitors in front of him with his like keyboard in front of him and all Mm -hmm. of that because he said there's for him when he was producing music there's too often he was referencing the waveform yeah or or like a visual representation of the sound Mm -hmm. and i think i think that's a really good thing to be mindful of and i Mm -hmm. think um for me it's almost been this weird kind of cyclical thing where the visual is almost playing back into how i want something to sound Mm -hmm. while while at the same time i'm kind of wanting the two to be separate i don't i hope that makes sense but i think so i think i think that i think the defining thing there is like when it when you're working on something like just creating music you know you have that in front of you you're looking at your daw you're seeing your plugins work you're looking at the compressors bouncing you know and the waveforms and at that point you can you can very easily trick yourself into hearing something that you're not yeah yeah you know like totally there's there's many times and you know uh i think most people that have worked in producing music of any kind in some sort of way creating music digitally in some sort of way can be like yeah you were like messing with this plugin like i don't know how many times i've been like tweaking a compressor or something in the music and i'm like yeah like like okay i feel like i'm maybe hearing something i don't really know like okay okay and then i and i work on it for five ten minutes and then the the thing is bypassed and it's making zero difference whatsoever. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, no, so, like, you. so like that can be super deceiving, but when it comes to something like film or if you have um, audio that's specifically for physical medium, actually watching what that is, watching the film while you score or, or whatever it is, while you write the music, like watching it and scoring it to the picture, actually looking at it, that connection becomes something really, really great. You know what totally. I mean? And it becomes one in the same. It's obviously separate, you know, but it becomes one in the same at that point. So it's Absolutely. like, it can, almost, because it can what, almost be both ways. Totally. Totally. And it's when those two come together uh, and you don't notice it, yeah. that it's most powerful. Yeah, Because yeah. I've seen, like, I sent off, I did a, a, a cut of feature quite a few years ago now. And it wasn't... It wasn't great at all, but it was it was a good thing to kind of for me to experience cutting a feature. Mm-hmm. 
And it was interesting to see scenes that I thought were fairly strong on their own without any score come back with a score and be complete garbage. Hmm. Like it was fascinating. Like there was uh, there was one scene in particular between kind of, uh, well, it was just between two actors where they were sitting around a fire and it, there was a, a moment where it kind of dips into some kind of emotive moody territory. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was, I think it was there on the performance. I think it was there on the page with the script. But once the score was applied, it was complete fucking trash. Hmm. And I think what happened was um, they cued the emotion that one would feel prior to the it, lines it developing. being delivered. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it was it was appalling. It was wow. appalling. And yeah. it, it made it, you know, that's how it yeah. came out. Was, Sometimes was the, in that. Yeah. Sometimes the absence of music is most powerful. Absolutely. You know? Because then you feel it when it's there. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I've seen quite a few exactly. films where the absence of music for the majority of the film, once it came in, just made it like, just hit you in the gut yeah. like 10 times harder. Yeah. Like No Country for Old Men. I don't think there's music till what, the credits or something? Sure. And it's and it, yeah. even then it's like very, very minimal. There's like bare, I need to go thing. back and uh, rewatch that. That's um, Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, man. I mean, and I've seen plenty of films where they've just completely immersed the whole picture in mm-hmm. soundtrack, and it's and it worked to its benefit. So it's oh, not yeah. it's not like this is a hard and fast rule. Oh yeah, but no that way. that's just one specific experience as an editor, mm-hmm. where I was like, man, you just turned something that worked into garbage mm-hmm. because you. You know, I call them like the the falling crystal patch on like those cheesy keyboards in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like you you just cued an emotion before the emotion was even felt. Yeah. And then you you buried it in this like hallmark uh music and yeah. it was awful. You know? So I guess anyway. that's yeah, that's where the artistry comes in. That's when the taste comes in. You know, and, totally. and, and, totally. and being um you know, just yeah, just doing just doing it tastefully. And sometimes that means you know, uh, n- not putting yourself because I know that f- for me, I can overdo things really easily, and so um, sometimes st- taking a step back and and looking at the thing as a whole give you a little bit of perspective. You know what I mean? Because totally, because because very because it's 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 very um, possible that in those scenes, you know, where like the music is just like. Ugh. It's just like more than likely that was somebody's ego that like, I want to put like this beautiful thing right here and it's going to be these, you know, whispering violins and whatever, you know, it's sure, like some sure. crazy shit. And it's like, no, nah, dude, it's not working. It's just not working. You know, and having right. the, the humility and and checking your ego to to really um, to, to, to create something that's actually really great and not something Absolutely. that you just think is going to be, you know? Totally. Yeah, you do have to at a certain point you have to just get out of the way of uh yeah, of the story and of like what ultimately will make it the best film that it can be. And you know, that's yeah. I'm just one opinion among many. And that's one of the the beautifully complex aspects of filmmaking is mm-hmm. you there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen at times. Mm-hmm. And um that can be beneficial and that can not not be a good thing at all sometimes. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of just walk that line and figure out what 
aids the story and what will aid in making the best picture possible. So. Right. Right. Exactly. Nice. So, um, I guess when it comes to, you know, personally with you and, and your music, um, you, you create quite a bit. Um, I've been trying to a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, yeah. a centering for me, if nothing else. Right. So do you have uh, like your space, your workspace where you do your thing? Do you have everything ready to go? Like, how do you kind of go about starting? You know, um, how do you go about stopping, I guess? Um, you know, like, what do you, what do you do? Like, what is it, what does that look like for you? You know? Um, I'm a bit of a, a neat freak for sure. Mm. So I'll, uh, I'll put things away and I've definitely put things away probably sooner than I should at times, mm. but. Largely, I like to start with a clean slate and then kind of see where the chaos takes me when I start pulling instruments and different things out. Cool. And usually I can just kind of sit with something. I, I bounce a lot of tracks down, like especially right now with the, the modular rig. I'll, I'll set up. I'll start without anything patched. I... Um, I'll usually pull in a sample from Ableton. Like I'll, I'll probably bounce down a progression of chords from Ableton into like the Morphogene, which is a kind of a granular sample sampler. Mm. And I, I'll patch. I'll kind of let it evolve and see see how the uh, the pieces come in with each of the four voices, and then I'll just kind of I'll bounce it. I'll take a walk, listen to it. I can usually feel in my gut if it's like, if it's there. Mm. And sometimes I'll, I'll have to listen to it for a couple of days before I come back and decide that I can pull the patch and let that be what it was. But mm. that's how I've been working lately. And I really like it because you, at the end of that process, I, I pulled the patch and it's over. Like it's, right. I can't recreate what I made. Yeah. And that, that's one of the reasons I'm stemming things out so that I can at least tweak a mix if I want to reconstruct it in Ableton. Cause mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll stem everything out and it'll be like a 30 minute uh, stereo file of each individual voice. And it will just be labeled like 60 BPM or whatever the BPM for the track was. Hmm. But, um, I kind of like the the time and space like that that was recorded that week in, in this environment and all that plays into like the piece of music that I created and I, if I want to make something else it's just I'll just make something else like there are always more songs to be made mm -hmm. but I think some I've got I've definitely fallen into especially in the Ableton kind of environment where you just can tweak something at nauseum forever. And yeah, I just, don't, it's not alive then. It's just this kind of dead piece of music mm -hmm. that you're trying to, to breathe life into mm -hmm. instead of just letting something with its imperfections and all just kind of be what it was when it happened. Exactly. So yeah, it's almost like the equivalent of somebody sitting down and just playing a song on a guitar. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of, it is, uh, yeah, it's just that, that time and place. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what makes music so amazing, man. And I think that, the, like I was saying earlier, you know, you can, with, with your music, you can hear where it's coming from. And I think it's because, because you allow yourself to just, um, to accept that fact of just, it's, it's here, it's now, this is what's happening and just let it be what it is. And if it sucks today, scrap it, whatever. Totally. It is what it is, you know, and maybe not getting married to everything, but you know, but you know, and and being open when something is actually good. Yeah, absolutely. And you can tell when those things rise to the top. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's a lot harder to find those gems, though, if you're always trying to make things that aren't working work, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're expelling all this energy on that where, you know, I you have to be gracious to yourself and I'm not necessarily beating myself up for something that might be weak, but it's not all going to be gold either. And that's okay, man. You just kind of, you kind of flow with it and, you know, kind of feel the, the, uh, the flex of it. Like, cause you'll, you'll have those days where it's just like, man, everything just lined up. And for some reason I played those notes in that order. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And then you'll have moments where it's just like, this is all bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Like, what am I doing here? You know? Yeah. And it's hard. So, some, it's hard sometimes to remember, you know, that not everything's going to be gold, you know, like yeah. that I am going to have days when I sit down and everything that I do is just not going to sound good, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and I, and I do think that, you know, even on those days, like if you keep pushing, keep trying, but maybe just scrapping, starting over, scrapping, starting over and like just going here, you're going to find one thing, you're going to find totally. one thing out of it and you're gonna be like, okay, that's cool. Like, totally. and you know, let's, let's build on that or whatever. Um, but yeah. And then like you say, there's other days that, um, that everything that you do is just like, it's just breathing out of you, you know? Yeah. Um, but to remember that it's okay that that doesn't happen every time is super, super important, I think. And it's definitely oh, it's something huge, that, that is probably been my biggest struggle as far as like creating stuff, because I sit down and I'm like, I'm terrible. <laughs> you no, know? I get it, man. And I'm just I, like, I have lots of days like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, just, you know, remembering, no, you're not terrible, man. I don't know. Like this just isn't working. Maybe you're trying, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, you're trying to create something that's just not there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe you totally. should try it a different way. You know, maybe you should get a cup of coffee, you know, or like go get some fresh air, you know, or something. Yeah. And then, you know, absolutely. You know, some bird flies by and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. I get it now. You know? <laughs> sure. Like, man. Yeah. Well, so. and the other beauty, uh, the beautiful thing that comes out of some of those like not so good days can be technical. Like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take note of, like I'm beating my head against the, a wall for this progression or that progression, and it's just not coming together. And but I'll, in the midst of all of that, I will have kind of figured out a different technique, or figured out a different way to patch something, or a voice that I really like on this oscillator that I've never used before. It could be like a myriad of things. Mm-hmm. But in those hardships, you tend to uncover interesting techniques and tactics that you will inevitably use when you're fresh the next day or whenever you have available to create music next Mm -hmm. that you probably wouldn't have come across if you had just if it's always easy you're going to keep arriving at the same 
kind of result. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? absolutely. Yeah. And so there's a lot that comes out of like the hardship of kind of finding that next sound or that next mm-hmm. vibe. Like I remember talking to my buddy Winston that I mentioned earlier about that. Cause at the end of inversion layer, he had sent me the, uh, one of the Korg Volkas, which, um, it has some polyphony, which is sadly very, very much absent mm-hmm. in most of the Eurorack realm. Yeah. The, the kind of, Volca Keys, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that I, I could kind of start incorporating some some pads and some, some different chords in some of my work. And then he had also hooked me up with a module from Noise Engineering, which was kind of a distortion, mm. which I was... I hadn't really used much distortion, but the, the, just the, um, experience of swapping out modules and using voices that you don't typically use. I was a little bit scared of, cause I had hit a stride with my current setup at that point. Mm. And he was just very encouraging to kind of push into some unknowns because you don't, you don't really know what will come out of, yeah having these new tools to work with absolutely inevitably it it brought a lot of really cool uh music kind of out in me because of just having a few different swapping out a few modules yeah so yeah it can be really powerful hearing something new you know what i mean yeah hearing something new that gives you an inspiration of some kind that again goes back to that kind of intangible um space of creation you know absolutely it's like that's a it's it's like you know asking a question like oh where did what is that and what is that for you is kind of a trick question in a way which is kind of why i like asking it you know is yeah. because um it can be a million things yeah like it, absolutely it, it can it can literally you know be using a new module or just seeing how happy your dog is when you get home you know what totally I mean? or something and and um, it's a million things and it's, a, you know, and as far as like the struggle thing goes, I think that's a perfect, and, and I, and I, I feel like I talk about this with a lot of people. Um, but it's a, it's a good metaphor for life. Yeah. You know, as far as like finding new things when you're struggling, Yeah, you know, and going through that and, and seeing what's on the other side of the struggle, you know? Um, it's, it's a good, uh, it's a good, it's a good metaphor for life. You know what I mean? And so why wouldn't it work for music? Why wouldn't it work for, you know, creating films? You know what I mean? This is all part of, absolutely a part of this giant equation that we're just trying to figure out, you know? Totally. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. And I think they're usually the beauty of them are you're arriving at places you never would have gone on your own. If you had just been having a good day Mm -hmm. and you've been left to, you know, all your previous successes, you wouldn't arrive where you ended up. I had a, actually, this was when we were over the hill in Queenstown when we had first moved here. I, my daughter was with me and I was in the garage because I had pushed this like upright piano that I have behind me into the garage and I had like my my little computer set up and I had my mic over at the piano so that I could track some piano keys and uh, I had stretched the XLR cable out and this XLR cable had come with me from Nashville and it's just kind of old and beat up and I was I couldn't get signal I kept hooking it up and nothing was coming through and so I had Clara come over and hold the mic and I was like, okay, well the mic's working. 
but it's still kind of this intermittent signal. Mm. And she, I, I just rolled, I just tracked it. And you can hear her coming through the mic um, saying, uh, oh, it's working as she lifts up the cable. And so there's these poppy kind of hits yeah, yeah. as she's lifting up this faulty XLR cable. And you can hear her just saying, oh, it's working, it's working. And she's like, <laughs> I don't know, five years old at this point. Yeah. And I turned that into like a hi-hat sample nice. in the next track that I did. Because it was like this weird, just kind of glitchy, poppy sound. I had heard some uh, like Boards of Canada. I remember them using the, sa- the sound of like a, a CD skipping mm-hmm. as like a hi-hat yeah. in one of their tracks back in the day. And it, so it just kind of occurred to me to use this kind of jacked up recording nice. to you know supplement a beat and it was really fun to turn something that's ultimately a mistake into something that can kind of live on in a piece of music right yeah man it's alchemy dude it's alchemy it is man (laughs) it can be yeah for sure well cool man i think we're uh we're kind of we're kind of reeling in on it here man i I, thank you so much for for coming on uh of course and doing this with me and this has been such a such a a, a wonderful conversation these are the type of talks that i that i love having you know and, absolutely man um and the, and the entire reason that i even started this podcast you know is because getting to this getting to this point is something that um is hard to do nowadays with people yeah i get that you know I get that. and um for, for for so many different reasons obviously but you know and then just getting the opportunity to talk and try and explore this great mystery of yeah of you know of of uh, creativity i guess in creation yeah absolutely you man know? so i definitely uh i definitely appreciate um you coming down the journey so um yeah man no it's been a pleasure to be here man anytime well, yeah absolutely well we'll have you back sooner and later i'm sure um sweet man but hopefully uh, in person yeah hopefully in person that'd be amazing yeah that would <laughs> that, be nice that would be cool in the same hemisphere at least yes so. indeed indeed <laughs> yeah yeah for sure well cool um like i say um this is coming out on the 20th so tomorrow 9 21 21 tuesday um silence in the unwinking minds inversion layer comes out um where can they where can they find you where can they find that um tell everybody where they can find you and follow you uh well uh silence in the unwinking is my site and then on instagram it's just uh at derek edward pearson and mystery circles is where you'll you'll find the album mystery so, circles yeah that's uh well that's on all the the, the various platforms but i would imagine Bandcamp is probably the place to go to purchase it, cool. probably digitally or physically. Cool. There'll, there will be a, a limited run of cassettes as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's, awesome. that's probably the ticket. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, thanks again so much. Um, you stay, uh, well, you don't have to really stay warm. It's warming up down there. So enjoy. It is. It en- is. Enjoy the springtime. Enjoy when the flowers start blooming. It's still hot as shit here in Vegas. But it's is gonna, it? Yeah, it's, it was over. It was like 106 today or something. Good God. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, that's hot, man. I don't know what that is, Celsius. What is that, like 30-something there? I don't know. My, my wife has come up with uh, 
some some mathematics to figure that out but yeah. whenever she explains it to me i just kind of okay i can't follow <laughs> okay so. <laughs> yeah i can't figure it out either um uh, but yeah it's gonna start cooling it's off here which which is kind of nice i mean i don't mind i'm really looking forward to the fall you know what i mean i love yeah. fall time. it's always my favorite season yeah it's the best man but uh but definitely enjoy the new spring the new life and um we'll talk to you soon man thank you so much absolutely man it's been a pleasure all right man take care see you bro All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're still here, just know I love you so, so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I really did. Um, it's a good example of the type of conversations that I want to have. You know, he's a he's a good friend of mine. We've been friends for quite some time. Um, so it comes natural, but, you know, I, I really want to uh, have these types of conversations more often here and... Um, I appreciate you coming along and I hope that, uh, I hope that you've stayed this long. Uh, if you are still here, whatever podcast platform you're, you're listening on, just make sure to hit the old subscribe button, subscribe button. Um, if you're on iTunes or whatnot, make sure to rate five stars, of course, uh, review all these things really, really help. And just share this with a friend, um, share this to, you know, somebody who you think might like it. Um, and, uh, thanks again so much for listening. Uh, just one last reminder, go check out simpleequationsmedia.com, full service audio and video production company located here in Vegas. Um, and, uh, yeah, head over to the Dreaming F Minor Facebook page, um, the Dreaming F Minor Instagram. I started a Patreon as well, patreon.com slash Dreaming F Minor. If you would like to support me there, um, other than that, Thank you all so much, so, so much. It means the world to me. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart that you guys are here. So, um, yeah, come on back. Next week we got another great episode coming, and uh, we will talk to you soon. All right, guys.